The hits just keep on coming, ladies and gentlemen. Episode 6 of Squared Circle Radio is on the air. Welcome to the show. If this is your first time joining us, hit that like button, hit the follow button. Whatever platform that you are on, we're available on it. Subscribe, all the things. Thank you for being with us. The Young Buck Andy York is with me. My name is Chris Belcher, your phenomenal host. And Andy, it's a double shot episode tonight as we cover the Elimination Chamber and AEW Revolution. Yeah, it's one of those rare times where their pay-per-views kind of go back to back. Yeah. And then that feels like they're like three months where it's like WWE pay-per-view, AEW pay-per-view, WWE pay-per-view, AEW pay-per-view, <laughs> and then we get a break. But I feel like we're, we're heading into that month, but... Uh, Elimination Chamber was awesome. Excited to talk about that and really excited to talk about Revolution and dipping our toe in the AEW waters for a little bit. Yeah, we don't talk a whole lot about AEW on this show and not that not that it's not worth talking about. It's just a matter of, well, I'll just be blunt. I don't watch a lot of AEW anymore. <laughs> Andy's over here sporting an FTR t-shirt. I am. I am. Um, I am. So, but it, it's just one of those things where you know, if I'm being honest, like I don't want our product to suffer for something that I can't contribute yeah, no, to. Yeah, I get that. It'd be like if we started talking about WCW, I'd just be sitting back here like I don't know nothing about it a lot. I, I know about the major stuff. but How about the, let's do this. Let's make a deal. All yeah. right. This is not let's make a deal. We're not Wayne Brady here, but let's make a Door deal. Door three. <laughs> I, will, there you go. I will educate you on WCW yeah. and you enlighten me on AEW. Perfect. There we go. This, this is why we work well together. <laughs> Again, if this is your first time joining us, hit that like button. Hit the follow button. Uh, make sure you're subscribed wherever you find your podcast and on YouTube. Andy, our Podbean listeners, listen, I looked at these statistics before we started recording tonight. Mm -hmm. Our Podbean listeners, Podbean is almost our most downloaded platform that we are on. Really? Yes. It is It is very close. Between Apple Podcast and Podbean. Wow. Shout out Podbean, buddy. Shout that's out. awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. So <laughs> shout out whoever is listening on Podbean that's probably in another country. I haven't dove that close into the statistics yeah. yet. Uh, we do have a lot of listeners outside the United States. A lot on Podbean. Thank you so much. Regardless of where you're listening, just follow us on social media at SQCircle underscore radio. We would appreciate it. Give us your feedback. We love it very, very much. Let's get into it, Andy. WWE Elimination Chamber over the weekend. What a show it was. You watched it live. I did. For those of you who follow us on Twitter, you maybe interacted with Andy doing live tweets for the show. Yeah. Was your day totally screwed up after that? How, how uh, did that work? Yeah, a little. So I like slept for like three hours before okay. and then woke up, watched it, and then went back to bed, basically. So it was kind of, I got eight hours of sleep. It was just broken up. So it, it kind of worked out. That would explain why I texted you At when like I woke 7 30, up. 7 8 o'clock, yeah. And you didn't text me back for a long yeah, time. I was, out. I was not, I was back out. But uh, yeah, I, uh, I got up and watched it. My wife made sure to make me tell everybody that she also got up, watched it, stayed awake the entire time. I was very proud of her. Um, but yeah, it was it was different, and it made me feel more sympathetic to our uh, European friends who sure. have to do this every single time. So yeah. I'm glad you guys have to do it every time, and we don't, because <laughs> it would be a chore to get up at four o'clock in the morning and honestly there were like there are some years where if there was like an elimination chamber pay-per-view in australia ain't no way i was gonna have four o'clock to watch it because i knew it was not going to be worth watching sure whether it was storyline reasons or in-ring reasons i was like it's not worth it 
now pay-per-views are worth it. So I'm, I'm very excited about that's, it. That's awesome. Shout out to our friends outside of the United States. And <laughs> shout out to Katie. I'm very proud of Katie. Um, so glad that she was able to stay up because, well, we won't get into that. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Uh, speaking of. Katie's favorite wrestler. See, this is why she stayed up to watch it. Becky Lynch wins the Women's Elimination Chamber in her first crack at it. You predicted it. Jared predicted it, which, by the way, shout out to Jared Justice, who was all (laughs) set to record tonight, and the power went out at his house, ladies and gentlemen. So, shout out to Jared. Um, He may be able to pop on here in a little bit. We'll see how that goes, but shout out to Jared. That's why he's not on the show tonight. But Jared's pick, your pick, Becky Lynch winning the Elimination Chamber. Um... A really good match, honestly. Yeah. Hot start to the show. Yeah, a really hot start to the show. It's it's one of the weird years where I preferred the women's rumble to the men's rumble. Yes, and I think I preferred the women's chamber to the men's chamber. This I definitely year. did. It was awesome. I I really enjoyed yep. it. It was a great way to kick off the the night, and uh, it had one of the most out of nowhere finishes to a chamber match I can remember, but I, in the best way possible. Yes, I love like the it. All happened so perfectly and so well. But the thing that stuck out to me the most, or the person that stuck out to me the most, and I, I tweeted this out, is Tiffany Stratton is going to be an absolute star. Fan- I mean, an absolute star. Fantastic showing for Tiffany Stratton. She yeah. was incredible in this match. Of course, Tiffany Stratton is a significant other of the great Corell uh, Ludwig Kaiser, a yeah. fan, the, the best nickname in wrestling. But <laughs> regardless, I digress. Um, Tiffany Stratton, man, what a show. You said it. She's going to be a star. Just yeah. some of the things that she was able to pull off in that match. Yeah. For her first big time, for her first pay-per-view match. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and the fans were behind her before she even got in. Like They, yeah. they started the We Want Tiffy chance before she even got in. And then she got in and just absolutely killed it. Um, you, To the point where... It, when Liv Morgan is the one that eliminates her and Liv gets booed for it, sure, you know Tiffany's going to be a, b- a big deal. So I, I expect big things for her. Um, and, you know, again, the women's match just absolutely knocked it out of the park, yep. and I, I really, really enjoyed it. Before, well, let's not dive too far into rabbit hole, but I do want to ask you, Tiffany Stratton's character mm-hmm. reminds me a whole lot of an updated version of the Alexa Bliss goddess character. Yeah, to an in, extent. In a way. Yeah. In a way. So do you feel like, because Alexa, let's be honest, I'm biased. <laughs> Very. <laughs> I'm biased. But if you look at Alexa's career, yeah, Tiffany did way more in NXT than Alexa did. Alexa never had a takeover match. Right. But she came up during the 2016 brand split mm-hmm. when Shane McMahon was in charge of SmackDown immediately competed in her first pay-per-view and won the championship from Becky Lynch. Yeah. And then from 2016 to, I would say, 2019, somewhere in 2019, she had an incredible run. A five-time champion. She won the title on both brands, Mm -hmm. won the first Women's Elimination Chamber match, won Money in the Bank, all the things. She was on an incredible tear. Do you see parallels in that sort of way that Tiffany could maybe take that trajectory. Yeah, I, I see a lot of parallels. Honestly, I see a lot of parallels between her and Alexa and also, in some ways, her and Charlotte. Okay. Of like, just a freak athlete who's really good. But I think the thing that, you know, because I'm not the biggest Charlotte fan in the world. Sure. Um, but the thing that Tiffany is really good at is connecting with an audience, whether she's a as a, as a heel. Yep. Um, and getting that reaction, but also, like, making people, like, people respect her after the match is done because of how... Yep 
good she is. And that's the same way with Charlotte is babyface Charlotte is one of the worst characters out there. Agreed. Heel Charlotte is one of the best heels out there. She, sure. She's she's you know really good. And then when the bell rings, no matter what she is, <laughs> most of the time when she's into it, it's 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 a really you're you're going to get a really really good showing. And I think the same thing's kind of true with Tiffany. Of I can see a massive parallel between her and Alexa, and her and Charlotte. Of as soon as they get to the main roster, they're going to get immediate success. Yep. Um, and what that looks like, maybe you know Tiffany's the one to to beat Bailey. If she wins at WrestleMania, or mm. if she's the one to beat Rhea, or whatever the case is, I just I expect really, really big things from Tiffany within the next year or so. Yeah, Tiffany definitely has a bright future on the roster. Very excited that you know it was kind of a head scratcher that she seemingly was called up so quickly yeah. after not a whole lot of experience in NXT. Yeah, but she proved she belonged really, really quickly. Yeah, I think she proved in NXT when she had that feud with Becky. Yep, and then like they killed it. And then obviously, like out of pretty quickly, she got called up after that. So yep. I think they saw that and were like, "Okay, she's if you can hang hang with Becky, you're you're pretty much ready for the main roster." Absolutely. Somebody else had an incredible showing in the women's chamber was Naomi. Yeah, Graves yeah. made an incredible comment talking about how Naomi went away from WWE and really found her own kind of style. Yeah, not that Naomi wasn't unique before because she certainly was, but she had never been away from WWE mm-hmm. and she. You know, all of her wrestling experience, to my knowledge, correct me if I'm wrong, was in WWE. Like, she didn't do independence. Right. Any of that. She learned the craft in WWE. Yep. So she went out, found her own way, came back, and it showed, man. I thought yeah. she had an incredible showing. Yeah, she uh, she looked really good. She looked like she belonged, um, which, not saying she didn't before. I mean, she won the world title at WrestleMania, I think. She won it. Yeah, she won it before Mania. She had to relinquish it due to a knee injury. Yeah, and then that's she right. won it back at 33. Yeah, so. From. Alexa Bliss. Bliss. Yep. Um, but she, I mean, not saying that she didn't belong beforehand. Right. But there's just something about, you know, look at Drew McIntyre. Look uh-huh. at Cody Rhodes of leaving WWE as something and then coming back and being that main event star. Yep. And I think Naomi's fitting that category. I'm, I'm curious to see where they go from here. I agree. Um, I think there's a lot of really interesting options they can go with for Naomi. Um, but I'm I'm excited to see what they do with her because she she has not missed a step since she returned. Agreed. Um, we talk a lot about production on this show, um, and because you and I see these things, and mm-hmm. it's just it's awesome. I loved, and they did this in the men's chamber match too. The cameras, yes, showing the cameras in the pod. Yeah, and I know it was like it was CGI on you know, on the camera for us on TV to see it. Yeah. And they couldn't see it in the building. Yeah. But the way they showed those cameras during the match when they would do a crowd shot. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. I enjoyed that, especially when it came to Logan Paul. Yes. That was, that was, that was very, very interesting. And I, one thing I do love that they're doing this year too, when they were showing the, like the overhead shot of the, of the chamber and all the people in the pod, their 2K rating mm-hmm. beside them as well. I thought that was really interesting, too. Yeah, they're incorporating that. Um, we've seen on Raw and SmackDown as yeah. well as a way to help promote the game and stuff. So really interesting um, that they're in, they're doing that because they didn't do that last year. No. So that, that's, that's another, another technique, I guess, to sell the game. Becky versus Rhea, we know that's the result of winning the Elimination Chamber. Of course, spoiler alert, Rhea Ripley beat Nia Jax. We'll talk about that yeah. uh, in just a second. But... What are your thoughts, man, on Rhea, Becky, WrestleMania? <sighs> it's it's the match that had to happen. Agreed. For for not necessarily for Becky, but for Rhea. Yep. Because 
she had that amazing match last year at WrestleMania against Charlotte. Yep. Uh, one of the best matches of the weekend. And then hasn't really done much with the title since. Agreed. But she, in a weird way, she hasn't really had to because of how much everybody loves her that she could just show up anytime and everybody's going to go crazy. She had the match with Zelina that was really good. Um, I forgot about that. Yep. She had the match with... Actually, this is the part of the problem is I can't even remember the time she's defended it other than Nia, Rhea. She defended it against uh, Ivy Nile on Raw one time. I don't really remember any other time. So she needs uh, like a big-time opponent. Sure she does. And who's better than big-time Bex? There's your segue. But um, I, I think... I think Rhea needs this more than Becky. And that's why right now I'm leaning towards Rhea beating Becky at WrestleMania and kind of in a dominant fashion. I don't think it's going to be dominant because I think she's going to win. Yeah. I have, I'm not leaning. I'm all the way on the other <laughs> side <Locked>. already. <laughs> like it to me, that's my lock of WrestleMania already. Yeah, yeah. And that will still be my lock all the way through. Yeah. Is that Rhea Ripley beats Becky Lynch. Why? I don't think it's going to be dominant is because this is a passing of the torch moment. Yeah. I think they're going to build Becky as the underdog. Becky, um, in what world are we talking about Becky Lynch being an underdog? But against Rhea Ripley, she is. Yeah. But we're building Becky as the underdog for this match. And I think she has to put up a good showing in order for this passing of the torch thing to actually yeah. work. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I don't, and I don't, when I say dominant, I don't mean like, Brock Lesnar versus John Cena at SummerSlam. No, 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 I, but yeah. I, I think she's going to look like an absolute killer when she gets done with this match. Absolutely. Um, and it, again, I don't think this is going to do anything to Becky because Becky has already solidified herself at the very top of this agreed. division. Yep, agreed. But I think Rhea needs this to beat Charlotte at WrestleMania 39, go into WrestleMania 40, and beat Becky. Yep. She's put herself up there as this is her division now. I think it's it's such a bittersweet moment though for fans yep. because there are the Rhea is clearly the most over woman on the roster right now. Yeah, you can make the argument for Bianca Belair. Yeah, and you can make the argument for Bailey on this run towards WrestleMania. Right. But consistently, it's been Rhea Ripley for yep. the last year or so. Absolutely. And then you put her up against. Who was not just the most over woman on the roster, but <laughs> the, the biggest baby face of the company, the big, the face of the company yeah. in 2019. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, nobody was bigger than Becky Lynch. Right. So for all of the fans who like Rhea, it's those fans that you're pulling over from yeah. the Becky Lynch yeah. camp. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's, I think it's a bittersweet moment because I think fans are understanding it's a passing of the torch. Yeah. But they're sad to see it being passed from Becky. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm i not saying, and I don't think we're both saying that Becky is like going to retire after this match or anything like that. No. Um, I don't think we're going to see her a lot more, obviously, right. because she has a daughter who's like two years old now, wants to be more a part of that and everything. And Maybe they have another kid. Who knows? Right. And that, I mean, power, they should. Like, power to them. Roll, they want I mean, to be a Rollins, part of their, Rollins has talked about the same thing. Right. And so I, I think there's going to be a time next year. I don't know if we're going to get a lot of Becky and Seth next year. Sure. Um, and I think that's a good thing in a lot of ways because that'll give your Rhea Ripley's and your Bianca's time to come in. But then we've, you know, we talked about Tiffany Stratton yep. and we talked about Jade Cargill now yep. hitting the roster and, you know, even, um, uh, EO Sky and 
Kyrie Sane and all those people that are coming in, this gives them the opportunity now to kind of take the the mantle and run with it. Yep. Because I think after WrestleMania, we're going to be at the point where there's only one four horsewoman around. Yeah. And that's Bailey. Yep. And I think there's got to be somebody to come in and pick up the left of or the pieces. And right now in the women's division, there's a lot of people that can come in and do that. You just got to push them the right way. And I think the passing of the torch starts with Rhea. And then we can tell the story of Rhea losing the title at some point and getting somebody else to that level with her. Yeah, I was about to say, who in the world is going to be next? Yeah. You know, what, like what's left for Rhea to do? Uh, let's quickly talk about her match against Nia. You and I are both very vocal about how <laughs> Nia is just not great. No. Um, and I think th- on paper, mm-hmm. it's a great opponent for Rhea. Mm-hmm. Then the bell had to ring. <laughs> It was not good. No, it, it was not Within good. the first minute, I was cringing. She went for the hurricane run, and Nia just kind of stumbled I into get the that Nia was trying to not go off of her feet. Yeah. But, like, I I think we could have picked a better opponent for Rhea in her home country. Yeah. I, I, I get that Nia is a big contender. Okay, we're watching Raw right now as we record. Mm. Shayna Baszler versus Rhea Ripley headlining that show yeah. could have been way more intriguing than yeah, Nia Jax. I think the thing that made this match what it is, is you had to get Rhea, you had to give somebody to Rhea who was going to be the bigger heel okay. or going to be a, a massive heel. And there's nobody, I mean, in the women's division, the biggest heel right now probably is Nia. Yeah. Because you could throw Chelsea Green out there, but everybody loves Chelsea. Everybody loves this Chelsea character. So she's an ironic heel. She's not really a, a a sure. heel heel. Sure. Uh, Nia Jax is that. And so I get that. She's also, you know, the toughest opponent for Rhea to face. I, I get why they did it. Um, I thought Rhea, uh, I thought Nia was actually better than she normally is in this match, which isn't saying a lot, to sure. be honest. But there were a couple moments like the uh, the Samoan drop on the announce table where it did not budge at all was rough. And then the leg draw through it. Like, all that stuff was great. There were just a lot of moments where it wasn't great. But Rhea did her part. Like Rhea did the sure. best she could, and she she got her moment yep. in front of her family, in yep. front of her friends, in front of her fans. Yep. And I don't. I think at the end of the day, that's all people are going to remember about that. Sure. I agree. It just, I just, I feel bad for her because she hadn't performed in front of in her home country right. in seven years, and then she's put out there with. Nia Jax. Like, yeah. they could have built Shayna. And I use that example because yeah. they had incredible stuff in NXT. Yeah. Like, they could have built her as a nasty heel. Maybe not the biggest heel, yeah. but bring, well, bring back their NXT history and just build that as a big match. Not going too far down a rabbit hole, but I thought they were going to do bigger things with Shayna after she beat Ronda. Sure. And then all of a sudden, they like she beat Ronda and nothing happened. Nothing. Absolutely nothing happened. So I, I agree. I think they could have built somebody up like Shayna. Um, obviously, I think Indy wrestled earlier in the night in the pre-show. You could have done Indy and Rhea. Indy and Rhea yep. But that's two ba- that's two hometown heroes coming together. Sure. So that'd have been a little tricky. Um, I think there was other options you probably could have done. Um, but it 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 accomplished what it needed to it accomplish, yep. and that's all that really mattered going into WrestleMania. I'm just playing devil's advocate. You know oh no, I agree. I, I I'm on your side on it. I'm just. I'm the one being positive about WWE, which is... No, you're the one being positive <laughs> about Nia Jax, which is... Rhea Ripley, not Nia Jax. I'm not okay. taking up for Nia. Okay, okay. I'm not. okay. 
Um, quickly, the Judgment Day retains over Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne. We sort of knew this was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, it was a great match, but Andy, there was literally, I had never had a doubt. No. And the once from bell to bell, yeah. who was going to win this match? No, I, I, yeah, this was my lock of the night of who was going to win that was still, it did its job. It was, a, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, it made, it got Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate over, I think, but the crowd, which is really important right now as they're, as they're coming in. Yep. And uh, I'm just, I smile every time I see Pete Dunne because he's Pete Dunne again. So I'm, I'm happy with just seeing him on TV. That's great. Yeah. Um, and I enjoy Tyler Bate, man. I yeah. wish I wish he and Trent Seven could have had a main roster run mm-hmm. as Mustache Mountain. I thought that was a really unique tag team. Yeah. That is some really cool things. But happy to see Tyler Bate getting, getting a shot on the yeah. main roster as well. Yeah. And then the eventual Pete Dunne turn on Tyler Bate, and when they go at it, it's it's going to be fun. It's going to open a lot of people's eyes to what these two guys are actually all about. It's going to it's it's like the <laughs> it's the English version or the England version of Champa and Gargano. I knew you were going to say that. And it's it's just it makes sense and yeah. it works and it's fun. So just go for it. Next year, I need WrestleMania to be Gargano versus Champa, uh, Dunn versus Bate, Owens versus Zayn. And, I just need those three. And Gunther versus Dragunov. Oh yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. That would forget Roman Rock. I need that for the main event next year because, good lord, those two dudes kill each other when they get in the ring. Oh my goodness, Andy's dream card. Book it would it be. Now. Um, all right, let's move over to the men's elimination chamber again. Appreciate you guys listening. If this is your first time, thank you for doing that. Subscribe wherever you find your podcast. We would appreciate it. Men's elimination chamber. Drew McIntyre. We assumed he was going to win. He won. Uh, we already said it. We both like the women's match more than the men's. It just felt slow at times. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it just felt, I know Randy Orton's in the match. <laughs> I get that. But like I I just feel like that it was it was slow at times, man. Yeah, and I think I think that was done on purpose because a lot of it was focused on Randy's back. True. And like him selling the injury because yeah. he was selling it, but because there was a couple times I was I was couldn't tell. Oh, I couldn't I've tell it, the line. I've got it written in my notes. I said either Orton is really great at selling, or he is really hurting with yeah, his back. Yeah, it, it. They did a good job with it. He did a really good job with it. I. I think it was kind of slow on purpose in some ways, but it was still really entertaining the entire time. Um, very interesting to start off with who they did. Yep. Um, because it was La Knight and Drew, wasn't it? Yep. Which was the main event on SmackDown the night before. Yep. So it was very interesting to do that. Uh, Kevin Owens was more than normal unhinged. <laughs> he was, this, which was perfect. I loved it. Um, okay. I'll get to that in a second. You mentioned Kevin Owens. We talked last week on the podcast about how it seemed like we could, or I threw out the idea of a fatal four way for the U S championship yep. at WrestleMania with Logan Paul, LA Knight, AJ styles, and Kevin Owens. I think they could still happen, but it seems like they've inserted Randy Orton instead of Kevin Owens. Good spot for all of them. We discussed that. But let's say that is the case. Are you still okay with it? And and what could we see for Kevin Owens now? Or do they make it a fatal five-way? I mean, I I think they could make it a ladder match. At a six-person? At a six-person. I mean, you you could do Randy, Logan Paul, KO... AJ Styles, LA Knight, and Bronson Reed, or who's Grayson on SmackDown? Waller. Grayson Waller. I think you could throw him in there, and there's your six competitors. 
mm. for the for the U.S. Championship in a ladder match. We haven't seen a, a ladder match for the mid, one of the mid card titles probably since WrestleMania thirty two. We haven't seen a ladder match at WrestleMania since thirty three when the Hardys returned. No, technically we saw one in the Performance Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think you could. I mean, I think you could make it a ladder match for the U.S. title and just get all of those guys on the card. Yeah. But honestly, I would rather see Logan versus Randy one on one. Oh, oh yeah, I definitely would rather see AJ versus LA Knight and Logan versus yeah. Randy as separate one on one matches. And then I think you could just do Kevin Owens versus Grayson Waller. Okay. Okay. Or do you somehow get you somehow get Sami Zayn brought back over? And do Kevin and Sammy versus Theory and Waller. Yeah, you could do that. I, Based off of where we're all went tonight, I think the direction for Sami Zayn is more through Gunther sure. than anything else. Yeah. Um, you could also do where Kevin Owens is kind of like the host of WrestleMania. And it's just kind of... Because unhinged Kevin Owens hosting WrestleMania, I think would be a lot of fun. That's a good point. Um, but I don't, I don't really know what else you could do for Kevin Owens this year, which is wild because yeah. he main evented the last two WrestleManias, and now we're like, we don't know where Kevin Owens fits on this card. Yeah. And that's that's crazy to think about. Yeah, it really is. That's why I posed the question to you. I was hoping you would have a good answer. <laughs> um, one person that I just wrote down as we were watching Raw and seeing some highlights from the chamber, Bobby Lashley felt like a fish out of water in this match. Yeah. He, he really felt out of place. He did. In this match, yeah. and I don't know why. Yeah, I think it's because normally you don't have two big guys in a chamber match. Okay. And maybe it was uh, everybody knew Drew was going to be the guy in it, and so Bobby just kind of being there. The spear that Logan Paul threw the pod was, <laughs> was Nasty. vicious. Yeah, it was. Absolutely vicious. I don't know. I think... I think since Bobby's returned and he's done this whole thing with the Street Profits, he's had a hard time finding his footing. I agree. And part of that, I think, is because of Karrion Cross. Okay. And I'm not... I, I love Karrion Cross. I just... Everything he... And I think it was um, Tom Campbell on Cultaholic said this on a video I was watching, and I completely agree. Karrion Cross has done everything right since he's returned, but nothing has worked. It's so interesting because he was so dominant in NXT. Yeah. And whatever he did in NXT worked in NXT. It's just not translated. Tell you what killed it. That Adam Cole promo. Mm. Where he said, you get the lights, you get the smoke, you got the entrance, you got the girl. And then the bell rings. But all they got to do for me to make me cool is ring the dang, dang bell. And it's yep. like, yep, that, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. And so... They killed him. Like Adam right. Cole killed him in that moment. Yeah. So I don't I don't know what else you could do for him. Yeah. But I don't know, man. I don't know. I Cuz like with the AOP it should work. Sure. With Scarlett it should work. Paul with Ellering. Paul Ellering it should work. Yeah. Maybe it's not going to. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I just they're probably He should gonna, go bald again. I think that's what it is. I really <laughs> think that's part of it. As Dumb as that might sound, I think that's part of it. All right, Drew versus Seth, WrestleMania. Could be the main event of night one. I'm not ready to say that it is because I don't know what else is right. going to be there. Rhea Ripley versus Becky Lynch could easily yeah. main event night one. Yeah. And Becky Lynch still the spot from Seth Rollins. <laughs> Again. Again. <laughs> Sorry, Seth. But Drew versus Seth, WrestleMania world title match. We know it. We've predicted it. But what we don't know is how it's going to end. How do you think it ends? 
I think it ends with Drew McIntyre winning the title. Okay. And I think he is going to <laughs> play into this whole punk feud okay. even more so because his contract status is still up in the air. Yep. And I think he's going to pull the whole, I'm leaving, I'm with, leaving the with the belt. Okay. Punk comes out at some point before okay. he leaves and takes it from him. Okay. As like the kind of reverse, I I can see that. I I don't see a scenario where Seth walks out of WrestleMania with the title. I don't either. I don't either, and that's sad. But I don't <laughs> either. Whether it's now okay, let's throw Damian Priest into this. Yep. Okay. Would you be more upset if Seth beats Drew and Priest cashes in on Seth, or if Drew beats Seth and then Priest cashes? Not maybe not that night, right? But. The next night on Raw, and then Priest cashes in on Drew. Which one would you be more upset about? Uh, if he cashed in on Seth after Seth won, okay, I think I would be more I'm more upset about that because I don't know. I just I, it, storyline wise, that makes the most sense. Yep, but I would still hate it because it it just doesn't fit. It doesn't feel right with how Seth's title reign has gone. Agreed. But I don't know any other way you could do Priest cash in at this point. Agreed. Totally agree. Like he's held onto this thing for so long. And plus Rollins has already feuded with Judgment Day. Yeah. So like, like if, I, if Priest cashes in on Drew, at least Drew can go after the Judgment Day. We sort of saw them interact. Yeah. But as Drew you know, But here's the thing, Drew is killing it as a heel right now. I know. So you I don't want to do heel on heel. I honestly I think I could there could be a way where Seth wins and Damian cashes in. And we don't see Seth for a while. Well, this is also a huge rabbit hole. I agree with that because we just talked about that with Becky. Yeah. Um, but here's a huge rabbit hole. Not to, Let's not go too far down it. But Sam Roberts brought up this point on his podcast about how when Rhea Ripley beats Becky Lynch at WrestleMania, she sort of goes away from the Judgment Day. Yeah. What if Priest does the same thing? And what if Judgment Day just sort of falls apart? Falls apart. Yeah. After WrestleMania. Yeah. I think it works better for Rhea to walk away than than Damien. A hundred percent. I think Damien needs Judgment Day. Hundred percent. I agree. But I'm just saying, like, could there be a scenario in which that happens? I, I mean, I think there's. I think there is a scenario where that could happen. Um, I just. I think that needs to happen more with Rhea than it does with Damien. Okay. Um, because I, we saw Damien pre-Judgment Day, and he was awesome. He was great, but he just never, there was something missing, it felt yep. like. In Judgment Day, it is all, since they kicked Edge out, it's all started to click and worked out a lot better, which is crazy to say. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I don't know, I think it works better for Rhea than it does Damien. Agreed. Totally agree. Um, For Seth, maybe he goes away. I can also see a scenario if he loses the title, he freaks out. He don't turns, even say it. And turns on Cody. Don't even say it. I don't want. That's not. I, I'm not. That saying, is not in. We're not putting that into. Bully Ray is already pushing that narrative really hard. We don't need that. I'm not energy. And, here. and I didn't even listen to Busted Open. So there you go. Um, I'm not saying he turns and costs Cody. Yeah. I'm just saying turns on yeah. Cody. Yeah. Yeah. I could. I mean. I think that. I think that's a given at yep. some point. Um, which I would be fine with post WrestleMania. Yes. Um, I think there was a lot of really cool opportunities with Cody post WrestleMania with guys like Seth. Yep. Um, and a heel Kevin Owens because 
that would we haven't seen that yet. Cody would, versus a heel Kevin Owens would be amazing. Money in the bank. Um, right there. Not at the pay per view, but why if not? It happens at the <laughs> why not? That's fine why too. Not? It is in Canada. It is. So could be interesting. It could be. But I just I, I I that was the first thing that kind of popped in my head too. Was like that's how they're going to get this Seth Rollins turn on Cody Rhodes is him losing the title and freaking out and freaking out because because Cody beat Roman because Cody beat Roman or he cost Cody the title at Mania because maybe Priest gets involved in their match. And Cody didn't come out to help him, so why is he coming out there? To, uh, things like that. I could yep. see that. Easily. Um, I just... <laughs> please don't let it happen. I know. I know. Um, but I just... I I don't... It's wild to say this. I don't see a scenario where Seth walks out with the title. I don't either. I'll be, I'll be kind of pleasantly surprised if it happens, although I really want Drew to win this title, too, because I think he would... I think Seth brought it to this level, but I think Hill Drew can take it to another level that Seth couldn't because of... Because Being now, over with the fans at this because point. Because now we flip roles. The heel has the championship, yeah. so now baby faces can chase the championship. Yeah. yeah. You know, we can see a Sami Zayn chase Drew, or we yeah. can see a fill in the blank. I don't I didn't know yeah. off the top of my head, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, Jay Uso. Jay Uso. Thank you. Jay Uso. Uh, which I thought I nailed that pick for the Intercontinental Championship. I was so close. <laughs> Jimmy. I thought I nailed it. See, now you know how we felt at WrestleMania when. <laughs> I guess that's true. Um, speaking of Cody and Seth, Grayson Waller effect real quick. Not a whole lot happened. No. Cody said he wants to face The Rock, which which we know. Uh, Rock is confirmed for the next three SmackDowns. He is showing up to work, buddy. I like awesome. it. <laughs> now, I saw Rock's confirmed. I didn't know if Roman was confirmed for all three. Surely if Rock's there, Roman's got to be there. You'd think. I don't know, though. Uh, but I thought at least, man, this Grayson Waller effect would turn into a singles match, like Cody versus Theory. We're getting it tonight on Raw. Well, We're getting Cody versus Waller on Raw. Why didn't we do that at Because Chamber? Waller is from Australia, and they didn't want Cody you, to beat But him. you could have done... You, I, I get that. I think you could have done Theory and Cody. Cody. Because yeah. this, this was nothing. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> this was the thing I was kind of looking forward to the most. And it was just like Cody confirming, yeah, I want to fight... The, Rock. the one thing that kind of made me a little annoyed is Cody was getting ready to explain and why, and he got interrupted. So they're they're teasing that yep. for some time, which I'm fine with, and I'm happy that we're I'm, at least playing up to the fact that we're going to get a why. I'm 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 telling you, I said this was it two weeks ago that I said Probably. this or last week that I want him to say it in front of oh, Rock yeah, and I Roman. Too. I do too. So I do too. Now that Rock's going to be here for the next three SmackDowns. I'm just glad we confirmed that, that we, he we're getting a Y. That we need a Y. We're getting yep. a Y. For sure. All right. That was the WWE Elimination Chamber review. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, go back and check it out on Peacock. Um, if you're just now tuning in, welcome into the show. This is Squared Circle Radio, the show that is for the fans, by the fans. That's Andy York. My name is Chris Belcher. We are here for you each and every Tuesday and Thursday, wherever you find your podcast and on YouTube, and of course with our exclusive partners, Sportswire Radio. Make sure you follow Tom. He is at Thomas Bryce 2017 on Twitter. Follow him for a complete schedule of everything on Sportswire Radio. Go to the website, sportswireradio.org. That's Sportswire with a Z. Uh, make sure you use the hashtag all wrestling matters. He's spreading that. That's great. That's awesome. Love the cause. Love what Tom does for the wrestling community. Again, if this is your first time joining us, subscribe wherever you find your podcast. Like the YouTube video. Follow us on social media at SQ Circle underscore radio. All right. 
AEW Revolution this Sunday. I said it at the top of the show. I'm going to say it again. I don't watch nearly as much AEW as I used to. And Andy, what I did watch was still not all of it. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. I watch even less now. But this is a big show. This is one of the big four of AEW. They have more than four now. Probably like, what, six, seven? Six, I think. Something like that. Yeah. So we're going to cover it. We're going to talk about it. Chris is going to ask a lot of questions. Andy's going to answer a lot of questions. All right? Maybe. (laughs) I do. Maybe. I do have the card in front of me. We are going to talk about it. It seems like a... A super solid card, yep. as all AEW pay-per-views end up being. Yeah, You know, there are many times that we've talked, and you look at a card, and you're like, this is not going to hold up to the last one. And then you walk away, be like, you know what? That was pretty good. Yeah, I remember, like, All In happened. And then, like, the next week was All Out. And we were like, there's not, like, anything crazy happening. And then Brian Danielson and Ricky Stars go out there and have maybe one of, like, the top five matches of the year and just kill each other. And it was like, oh, okay, even the... Not well booked or not well told pay per views in AW. They're like takeovers now. Of like even like the not even the ones that I'm not super excited for. I'm like the matches. The wrestling's still going to be top notch. What's your level of excitement for this one compared? Maybe comparatively speaking. <laughs> comparatively speaking, it's it's not as high as some of the other ones, but it's not the lowest as many either because it's it's hard not to be excited about Sting's last match. Sure, and also <laughs> the world title triple threat. I am extremely excited for I mean, extremely excited for We're going to get to both of those, but you mentioned a trigger that is going to segue. Here we go. You mentioned match of the year. Yep. Okay. Let's talk about Takeshita versus Will Ospreay. You already calling it match of the year this year? No. (laughs) Could be. It could be. No. What I'm saying is let's talk about Takeshita versus Osprey because Will Osprey was just announced mm-hmm. as winning the match of the year in the Wrestler mm-hmm. Observer newsletter awards. What have you. Mm-hmm. Awards. Thank you. Um against Kenny Omega. It was the Wrestle Kingdom match. Is that right? Because they had three last <laughs> it, it, it year. It was either it was either Forbidden Door or Wrestle Kingdom. I don't remember. I feel like I, it was Wrestle Kingdom. Pro- I think it was, but like barely. Could be wrong. Having said that, Will Ospreay ran away with a lot of these awards, and I have a problem with it. So we're going to talk about it. I can understand. You know how, <laughs> you know how in the NFL, yeah, when they give out the awards at the end of the year, yeah, the offensive player of the year in the NFL is typically. An offensive player, not a quarterback. Because the MVP is going to be quarterback. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like Will Ospreay winning most outstanding wrestler serves the purpose of what they needed it for, and he didn't need to win wrestler of the year as well. Like, I under, because I texted you about this, and you said he was my wrestler of the year as well. Yeah. Valid opinion. I, again, we talk all the time. Wrestling is all about. Opinions, ladies and gentlemen. My favorite match is not Andy's favorite match. And yeah. Andy's favorite wrestler is not mine. That's fine. Everybody can have their own opinion. But do you see where I'm coming from? Where I do. that could have served the purpose? Yeah, I I I do. Um because I get the comparison with the NFL of like you're never really gonna see an offensive award go to uh, Patrick Mahomes because right. he's always going to be in the MVP talk. 
Exactly. So they're not going to give both. For example, like when somebody runs for 2,000 yards. Right. They don't win the MVP. Right. They win offensive, offensive player, player of the year. year. Yeah. I, but I kind of look at it like college football awards. Of like the quarterback that wins the Heisman is also going to win the is going to win the Maxwell because he in most it, cases he's yeah, I guess. in that kind of fit. So I don't know I I don't have a problem with it. I think so. Cody or Osprey won wrestler of the year. Cody was second. Um, okay, which where what, do you have a list on your phone? I just have the top three. Of Who's, each who is three? MJF was three. Okay, let's talk about that for a minute. Okay. Forget the argument about Osprey. Osprey. Forget yeah. that I think Seth Rollins should have been wrestler of the year. Forget that argument. Can we talk about MJF for a second? Yeah. He finishes third in wrestler of the year. Yeah. He wins most charismatic. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yet. He also finished third in match of the year. With hmm. Danielson. The Iron Man match. No, not the Iron Man. Was it the Iron Man? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah, Iron Man. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yet, he was in the worst feud of the year. Yeah. Versus the devil. <laughs> the worst character of the year was the devil, which yeah. MJF was wrapped up in right. the whole time. How in the world does he finish that high in wrestler of the year, mm-hmm. win an award, and be associated with two of the worst things? The same way that WWE can also win, like, during the Vince, this is during the Vince era. They can also win like the worst promotion of the year, worst booking of the year, which there were a lot of years like 2011. Yep. They deserve to be in that category, sure. but also CM Punk can be like wrestler of the year that same year because I think while the the Devil storyline was horrible and all of the stuff surrounding the Devil stuff, the thing that everybody talked about for a majority of the year was MJF and Adam Cole. And so I think that puts them... Could they, could they not have just won Tag Team of the Year then? Well, no, because they split up. I think he has to be... I think the uh, the the rules are like they have to be a tag team up to a certain... Because that's why the Usos didn't finish in the Tag Team of the Year because they... Because uh, they split. Okay. They split. Okay. Okay. Let me... I can't even come up with words right now. <laughs> I think what I'm trying to nail down here... Mm-hmm. WWE had a banner year. They did. Absolutely. They won promotion Incredible. of the year. Incredible. They yeah. won promotion of the year. Yeah. They won Triple H won book, of, book the of the year. Yep. Great. Yep. Fantastic. What I don't get is guys that are topping the chart. Like Cody Cody Rhodes won like the US MVP or yep. whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. But guys that are topping the charts that are as popular as they are. Mm-hmm. LA Knight is on this list for the worst match of the year. Which was not the worst match. What of match the year. was it? The Bray Wyatt match. That was oh. worst match of the year. Did that win worst match of the year? Yes. And that was not the worst match of the year by any stretch. Yeah. It was one of the worst. It was not that great. It but, was not that great, yeah. but it was not the worst. But as good of a year as 2023 was LA Knight's year. Yeah. 2023 had Seth Rollins all over it. Neither of those guys get anything. That's my problem with this war. Yeah. I'm okay. I understand that the Wrestler Observer newsletter skews to fans who might watch more AEW than anything or more Japan than anything or look down on WWE for some reason. I get that that's the market. That's what it is. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. 
but come on, people. I just don't get it. Yeah, I don't. I the and again, you got you got to think this is, this is based off of their newsletter subscribers' votes. Yeah. So they're 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 going to be swayed to certain areas. Yeah. Which is why the WWE actually won promotion of the year this year. I think that shows how far WWE has actually come in a lot of people's minds. That even two years ago were anti WWE or even sitting back going, okay, like this WWE is actually at a spot where we want it to be now. That's true. Um, I think with Seth, a majority of people love him, but there's a lot of people that do not like this character. I guess, I guess it's true because it's not, he literally comes out and just laughs and wears these suit, like these goofy suit. I love him. I, I, I'm a, I'm about as big of a Seth Rollins mark as you can get, but there's a lot of people that don't like his character. Um, however, when the bell rings, there's only a handful of people that might even be better than him. I think Osprey is one of them. I think Osprey just had a killer year, but you know, I just I think there's a lot of people that are not into his character, and so I get why he wasn't necessarily named. Um, I think he would be in my top ten for sure. I don't know if he'd be in my top three. I really don't. Um, wow. But he would be in my top ten for sure. <clears throat> That's a conversation. See, let me ask you this. Where do you have Roman? Somewhere in the top 10. I wouldn't have him high, though, on the top 10. No, I wouldn't. I'd probably have him 10th. For 2023? Yeah, for sure. Because he hasn't done nothing. (laughs) I mean, he hasn't done anything. So I I think that's, that's... There's just a lot of guys that are like, yeah, probably it should be in the conversation. But they're, they're not just taking into account... WWE and AEW. There's a lot of outside things. Also, though, I will say this. Uh, Tyrus was on a lot of this list, and he should have won all the worst stuff. Because <laughs> Tyrus is horrible. In the Especially when NWA won worst, worst promotion, promotion and worst and show. Worst show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dynamite winning best show. Yeah, I'm, I, okay, we're done. Can't talk about it anymore. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on through the rest of this card. We're going to give predictions for all this stuff uh, towards the end here. Let's talk about the Women's Championship. Tony Storm... Uh, Deanna Perrazzo, a really good pairing from what I know. Yep. Please explain to me the Timeless Tony character, though. Yeah, so she, it's kind of when she split off from Soraya and um, Ruby, Ruby, she kind of just kind of fell into this okay. a little bit. Um, and it's kind of like the Seth Rollins character. A lot of people love her, and a lot of people don't like it, don't dig it. I personally am a huge fan of it okay um i just i think she's fallen into she's a british wrestler okay and she's going back to like the marilyn monroe era and it's different than kind of anything else that we've seen from a lot of from anybody else i don't really think of anybody else that's doing this and she's making it work really well i got you okay i feel like they tried to do that with Carmella. They tried it with Lacey Evans too, and tried it with Lacey and Evans. And it just didn't really bit, work, and it didn't work. Yeah. Okay, I got you. She's believable at it. I think that's part of it. Is is Tony Storm is very believable at what she's she's doing. That makes sense. All right, this matchup. What what are your thoughts? What are we looking at here? Yeah. Um. I'm trying to think future wise for this. Yeah. Because obviously somebody else is going to hit that company in just a couple of weeks. Yep. And it's going to be a really big deal. And I think either one of these matchups is great. I think it plays very much into Tony. Though. I do too. But I don't know if you want Deanna Peraza to come straight in and lose at the same time. 
I do think there's a way though okay, but that if Mariah she, May could get involved. Yes, okay. cost them. But I mean, I think if you put, you don't want Deanna to come in and lose, right? But if she wins here, isn't she just going to turn around and lose to Mercedes Monet? <laughs> See, I don't think Mercedes goes right into the title though. Why would she not? And, and that's not me no, pushing back. I'm I just, just I, I think there's I think there's a lot of kind of the same reason why AJ when he came into WWE didn't win the world title right, right away. Okay. Um, I think you want them or Edge like Edge hadn't even sniffed the world title yet. I think it's because they want he, she wants to probably come in and have matches with Willow Nightingale and like some other people to build to that spot. Because I don't, I wouldn't be shocked if she didn't go after the title until All In. Okay, and we did Tony Storm versus Mercedes Monet at All In. We could do Deanna Peraza, uh, Mercedes at All In. I don't know. I just, I, I agree with you. I think this is more or less pun intended Tony's time. Yep. But I don't, I don't know where Deanna Peraza goes after she loses to Tony Storm. I got you. It makes sense. I should come to WWE and with her, be with her best friend, Chelsea Green. <laughs> That's what I think. Um, let's talk about the AEW World Championship. Probably not going to main event the show. Probably I not. I don't know if that's been confirmed. No, I don't think it has. I but would assume it's not going to main event. Yeah. But that leads me to believe that there might not be a title change here if it's not the main event. <sighs> of course, I'm talking about Hangman, yeah. Swerve, and Samoa Joe. Unless this kicks off the show. Okay. Then, uh, then okay. Because I, I honestly think like I love I've loved Samoa Joe as champion. I think Samoa Joe is one of those guys that if he's in your company, he should be a world champion at some point. Sure. Um, which <clears throat> it's crazy he never won it in WWE. That makes me hate the Brock Lesnar Universal Title Reign era more than ever because he should have won it at some point. Um, but I I do think it's time to put the title on Swerve. Why is Swerve so over in AEW? And he, not necessarily that he couldn't be in WWE, right. but why is it working? I think with one, I think the pairing with Prince Nana makes it really like it, it makes it work really well um, between the two of them because we've seen in the past like you know there are wrestlers who are really good by themselves, but you add a manager with them, and for some reason it just takes it to the next level. Yep. Um, I think with Swerve though. I think in WWE, he wasn't able to really be himself. Okay. In a lot of ways. Makes sense. And then we get him in AEW, and he's <laughs> he's kind of like a John Moxley-esque type character of, he doesn't care what he does to himself or to you. And that's why him and Hangman Page, their death match, a lot of people didn't like it. A lot of people thought it was grotesque. If you know me at all, that was, <laughs> it was right up my alley. So I just, I, I think he is, I think he is, right at the right time at the right place and the fans are fully behind him. <clears throat> I think now is the time to put the title on him and let him kind of do his thing in the future, kind of pushing forward because now like MJF's not going to come back for some time. Probably right. um, Cole's still not coming back from his injury probably for another couple months mm -hmm. at least. So it gives you enough time to do some other stuff with the world title with swerve until those guys come back and then we can get a much bigger picture at the title. Lots of rumors right now surrounding 
Hangman Adam Page and his status for yep. the pay per view. Again, we're recording this. Obviously, the show is dropping on Tuesday, so there is another dynamite yep. and another collision ahead of this pay per view. So a lot can happen. So none of this is set in stone. That's why every wrestling card says card subject to change. Yep, but. Lots of rumors surrounding Hangman Adam Page. Is his ankle injury legit? Is it not? Are there personal problems? Are there not? Lots of things. What is your feeling on the whole thing? And will somebody replace Hangman? Will it just be one-on-one? Is he going to be there? I think he'll be there. I think he'll be there. I think part of it, he may have tweaked his ankle or something. I don't think he's he's actually hurt. I think this is probably just all storyline him playing more into the heelish character he's been playing on TV a lot more. So I think that's playing into that. Okay. Um, if he is injured, I think you just make it a straight-up one-on-one. Okay. And just let them go at it. I don't know who you would, because Kenny's hurt. Yep. Obviously, they're keeping Chris Jericho off TV yep. for some time. He's on tour right now anyway. Yeah. Um, I just I don't really know. I mean, you don't want to throw a Wardlow in there and have him lose already. You don't want to throw... Do you throw Adam Copeland in there? He's not on the card. He's not, but he is all over that Christian <laughs> Garcia match. And I understand that. He definitely is. I'm just so I if we're throwing people out there. If honestly, if I'm throwing people out there, I'd rather have Christian in it than than Adam Copeland. Because Christian having kill switch do all the dirty work and him win the title and be double champion still, would be so, amazing. Still so weird. That's Luchasaurus. <laughs> um, we talk about surprises all the time. Yep. On these AEW pay-per-views. Yep. Very, very, very good chance that Okada shows up. Yep. At this show. Yeah. Whether that be confronting Will Ospreay after he beats Takeshita, which I think is probably the most yeah. likely scenario. Yep. But if Hangman can't go... Throw him in there. <laughs> Do you throw Okada? Why not? In there? At that point, why not? Okay. Why not? Because what's the what's the rule in wrestling? If somebody's hurt and you, you have to replace him, you got to replace him with somebody bigger. That is true. Throw Okada in there. Not saying Paige isn't a big deal, but a, but, but a, a debuting Okada in AEW? Yep. Are you kidding me? You have to throw him in there. Yep. But sure. at that point, then I'm like, oh, okay, give Okada the belt. <laughs> let Okada win it. That was my next question. I'm glad you answered it. All right, let's talk about what arguably should be the main event. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite wrestlers of all time, his last match. I put. I should have put his figure up here with all these other guys. I can't believe I didn't. It's it's sitting right here. Um, I'll get it in a second. <laughs> um, the Stinger, his final match, teaming up with Darby Allen. Yep. Take on the Young Bucks for the AEW Tag Team Titles. We've talked about this before. I hate that this is predictable. Sam Roberts said on his podcast he thinks there's a shot Sting and Darby could win. I don't see that happening at all. Um, but I don't know. Like I, I'm interested to see where they go with these Bucks characters. Yep. Uh, it's definitely a change of pace from the previous stuff, yeah. w- which I'm okay with. Do you ever see a scenario in which they somehow transition back to their normal buck stuff? Yes. I think it could be one of those situations where, like, whenever Kenny comes back from injury, he could talk some sense into him. Or he could, there he is. Or he could, you know, I think you could do something like that where Kenny talks him back into being who they were and why everybody fell in love with them in the first place. However, I do love the characters they have now. I think it works really well. 
I actually lean on the side that they're going to retain. You do? I think Sting and Darby Allen are going to retain. Okay, so because like last week or week before, whenever we were talking about it, it was, it was like, it, it's a last it match, is. it's done. It is. I think looking at the rest of the card, I think we could see a couple more title changes. Like, I think you could see the women's title change. I think you could see the world title change. Um, I don't think, oh, maybe. <laughs> maybe Danielson beats Kingston. Or maybe Garcia beats Christian. So I'm, I'm just saying there's a lot Roddy of... Roddy Strong beats Orange Cassidy. Possible, yeah. So like, there's a lot of, like, not all the titles are going to change hands. Right. So I'm trying to think of ones that, like, would be a really big shock. Sting? <laughs> Keeping the title would be a really big shock. And then you could have somebody else come in with Darby. And take Sting's place. Like, Sting could find... Sting could find a an heir to the throne type thing, but I, okay. I, I feel like that heir to the throne would be just Darby, Darby Allen. Allen. Exactly. But Darby could pick somebody. Darby could bring somebody in for the with the title as well. Um, okay. I'm not saying it's like a lock that um, they're going to win. I think it's like a 50-50 shot. I'm just, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they retained. Speaking of Sting's career, and we're going to do some Sting trivia here in just a few minutes. Just saw Monday Night Raw graphic mm-hmm. that Ole Anderson passed away. Uh, I did not see that earlier today, so that is very sad. Uh, one of the original Four Horsemen is one of the original bookers in WCW. He's also famously the person that told The Undertaker that he'd never draw a dime in the wrestling business. Funny how that worked out. <laughs> anyway, so. I told a lot of people that, to be fair. Sure. Condolences to Ole Anderson and his family. Very, Absolutely. very sad. Um, part of the Minnesota Wrecking Crew, all the kind of, all that kind of stuff. Uh, famously was handcuffed to Giant Gonzalez when, when he was in WCW um, as Ellie Gante, and that was during um, Sting versus Ric Flair, Great American Bash 1990. Oh. Um, so, fun fact. Um Speaking of Sting and his historic career, again, we're going to get to trivia here in just a minute. i got Stinger out here. Um, do you think this is really the end? That's the thing. That's <laughs> the thing, man. Ric Flair has ruined retirements for me in wrestling. Yes. Um, Hogan, too, to a, a certain extent. And Mark Henry, to a certain extent, too, because that that promo, man, I watched it the other day, and every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is where he retired. Oh, wait, no, he, <laughs> he, he kills Cena right here. It's that jacket. However, we never got, we never heard him say in WWE that he, one of his matches was his last match. Cause obviously he got hurt against Seth and then he never sure. did anything else there. Agreed. So I feel like he's one of those guys Yep. like Shawn Michaels, because we do not talk about the other one. We don't, we don't. <laughs> um, that when he says he's retired, he's done, he's done yep. unless there's just a can't miss opportunity. And the only one is the Undertaker. Yeah. And I don't think that I don't think it's either one of them are gonna do it's that. Not gonna happen. Because the only other example I have of like Austin stayed true to it until it was the perfect opportunity with Kevin Owens. Sure. So like I, I think Sting's in that same boat. I the, don't not saying that he's not gonna show up from time to time mm-hmm. and do maybe, you know, be in Darby's corner or this, that or the other. But right. I think this is probably when he says it's it, this is probably it. Well, and two, like we we talked about Austin, who you know made an incredible comeback mm-hmm. and had the match with Kevin Owens and Shawn Michaels and blah blah. Shawn Michaels wasn't horrible in that match. He just wasn't expecting to have to work the whole match. Um, Triple H, Jeez. and Kane's mask, and Kane's mask. It's just the 
I need to go back and watch it just to see how much of a train wreck that actually I was. I know, I do too. But anyway, <laughs> I've seen it once. I've literally never gone back and watched it. Well, I think we watched it here, didn't we? We watched it here live. Yeah, we did. I've never seen Chris cry in person before, it was, but it was... <laughs> it's not good. Um, I haven't lost my train of thought here. Oh, no, what I was going to say is you talked about the window. Yeah. Sting's window is much smaller than everybody else's. Absolutely. He's, what, 62 now? I think so. With a bad neck? Like jumping off the top of balconies, like it's nothing. No, it's probably not gonna happen. All right, no. But in all seriousness, I agree with you. Like yeah. when Sting says he's done, he's done. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna happen either. Yeah, I don't either. Um, all right, as we wrap up here with AEW, and then we got some Sting trivia, and then we're gonna get out of here. Appreciate you guys joining us. Let's um, let's run down predictions for the card. Let's go all the way around. Yep. I have my little notes here. World title match: Swerve, Hangman, and Samoa Joe. Prediction. Give me Swerve. I think it's time. Put the belt on him. I think if I had to make a prediction, uh, again, I'd have almost zero context. I'm going to go Swerve as well. All right. TNT Championship, Christian Cage and Daniel Garcia. Could see Edge pop up in this. Maybe. Who knows? Adam Copeland, sorry. Um, what are your thoughts? I This has Christian retaining all over it. I, I agree. <laughs> and I'm not even following Did you see the promo? No. Where... Obviously, Daniel Garcia's father has passed. Okay. And Christian's doing his normal, sure. you need a father figure thing. And D- Daniel Garcia looked at him and said, you keep running your mouth about my dad, and you'll be six feet down beside him. <laughs> I was like, that's a great line. That's, that's a hilarious. great way to do that. I love that. That's hilarious. All right. Christian retains women's championship. Tony Storm, Deanna Perrazzo, you indicated your prediction earlier. Yeah, I, I'm i kind of torn between the two. Sure. But I'm going to go with future booking, and so I'm going to go with Tony. I'm going to go with Tony just for the sake of I almost said don't know that much about Deanna, but I feel like that Tony is riding this wave. I think we need to just keep yep. going with it. Yep. AEW Continental Crown, Eddie Kingston and Brian Danielson. Stipulation being that Danielson has to shake his hand if he loses. Is that right? Yep. Eddie Kingston is the Continental Crown champion going into this. I'm going Eddie to retain. I think I think Eddie needs another big win under his belt, and I think there's no other there's no other big win than beating Danielson. So I think that's it. I agree with that. Uh, let's go Eddie on that one. Both of their former best friends. I mean, kind of whatever. I don't know what the relationship <laughs> is. I don't think they know what the relationship is. John Moxley and Claudio against FTR. Could be a dark horse for match of the night. Uh, yeah. if you ask me. <laughs> that's that's, that's kind of my. I think. Either the, the triple threat or Kingston Danielson or this one's going to be match of the night. I think those are the three that are that are right up there. Um, I do think FTR are going to win. Okay. Because I think they're going to be the ones to take the titles off of whoever wins in the main event. Or okay. in the main event, probably. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll just be different on this one for the fun <laughs> of it. And I'll say Mox and Claudio because... Again, I think John Moxley is the face of AEW, and I've always thought that, and I think yep. he should win. All right, Meat Madness. Stolen from Big E, but that's okay. Wardlow, Powerhouse Hobbs, Lance Archer, and more names to be named later. I assume Keith Lee will be a part Probably. of this. Whatever. I don't even, what are the rules of this match? I haven't really paid attention, I don't so think I don't anybody know knows. a whole okay, lot. But. Cool. I don't think anybody knows. That's fantastic. Who's going to win? Wardlow. <laughs> It's Wardlow. Makes sense. All right. Have you his his gimmick of flexing in the Titantron? Have you seen that? I know. Where it's like a, you know how when you show like 
the Titan Tron on the camera is like continuously showing yes. the same thing. It's just him flexing though. They show him flexing and they show it in the tight. It's amazing that's, how they that's, do it. That's hilarious. All right. International championship, orange Cassidy and Roddy strong. I'm going Roddy on this one. I think we're going to get to the point where Cole's faction is going to have all the gold. Yep. I think it, it continues right here. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Roddy as well. Quick, quick sidebar. Is Orange Cassidy the greatest champion in the history of AEW? Yeah, absolutely. Are you kidding me? The dude puts in more work than anybody else, and people still doubt how good he is in the ring, and then he gets in the ring, and you're like, yeah, he's really good at what he does. Yeah, I mean, he, I think he has to be. Yeah. For sure, especially in the short time of AEW. Remember we said Moxley needs to go on vacation? Yeah. Cassidy needs to go on vacation That's at some point. point. That's true. Takeshita and Will Ospreay. This could be matchup night too, and I think it's very easily Will Osprey's going to win this. Yeah, for sure, I agree with that. Main event tag team championship: Sting and Darby Allen against the Young Bucks. We've toyed around with it. Now we got to make a prediction. Who are you going with? I think I'm going Sting and Darby to retain. Wow. Okay. I think I think Sting's sons are going to get involved. Okay. I think they are going to get the job done. I think they're also going to beat the crap out of Sting and Darby after the match is over. Okay. So that's how he get he gets the win, but he goes down on his back still because the Bucks are going to do what they did to him the other night. I think just worse. <clears throat> I'm going to pick the Bucks of youth <laughs> in this match. And there is going to be outside interference. They are going to be helped by Ric Flair. Oh, my gosh. So that Ric Flair can turn on Sting. One last time. One last <laughs> time. And you know what? I wouldn't hate it. That's how it ends. I wouldn't hate it. It just makes sense. It does. It uh, does. Sting started his career with Flair and ends it with Flair. That makes sense. I'm just happy it's not a one-on-one between the two of them. Like it was rumored to be for a long time. I'm, I'm glad it's not that. It could have been bad. They probably had to talk Flair out of it. Yeah. Sting probably had to talk Flair out of it. That's a good point. I would hope that Sting would have talked Flair out of it. All right, good stuff. AEW Revolution coming at you this weekend, and we'll recap it next Tuesday on Squared Circle Radio, so make sure you're subscribed wherever you find your podcast. Hit your notifications bell on the YouTube channel. Like the video. All the things that way you know whenever we release a new episode. Or you could just remember, it's Tuesdays and Thursdays. Before we get out of here, let's celebrate the Stinger just a little bit more and play some Sting Trivia. Always got to end our shows with a little bit of trivia. And because... I'm the sting expert of the crew. <laughs> I've come up with questions. We'll see how many Andy can get. What do you yeah. think, Andy? How are you feeling about this? Not confident at all. As we were talking about before we hit the stream, uh, my introduction to Sting was TNA. My introduction to Hogan was TNA. That's how much of a young buck I am. So this will be very interesting. You are such a young buck. All right, here we go. <laughs> Question number one, and I referenced this earlier. Let's see if you were paying attention. Girl. Who did Sting defeat to win his first world championship? I'm going to go with Ric Flair. Yeah. That would be correct. And what event, for a bonus point, did this happen at? Great American Bash. I Year? Believe. Oh, crap. Uh, 
Because that is the correct event. It was either 91 or 92. 91. I'm going to I'm going to not play the buzzer on that one. It was actually 1990. Oh. Infamously happened when Sting tore his ACL in February. Yeah. I remember I, I've watched the I've seen the the match between the two. And that's when Ollie Anderson was hanging yeah. off to Ellie Yeah, yeah, yeah. 1990. All right. Good stuff. Uh, again, you said earlier if you didn't know you were just going to guess Rick Rick Flair. Flair. it worked out. All right, here we go. Which celebrity did Sting team with in 1990 that he admitted he was ashamed of and even almost left WCW over? <laughs> what year? 1990. What celebrity? Yep. We're talking like TV celebrity or movie? Movie. Celebrity. I think just movie. I could be definitely movie. I don't know about TV. Yeah, I'm I'm drawing a big blank here. Um, WCW and celebrity, my first name is David Arquette. I'm like, that's (laughs) nope. Too early for that. Too early for that. Um, Final answer. Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, I think you're going to kick yourself because you're going to remember it after I tell you. Yeah, probably. The uh, answer is RoboCop. Oh, I did know that. Oh, my gosh. How could I forget RoboCop and WCW? Dadgummit. Oh, I told you you'd know it. All right. Question number three. The NWO created a fake sting. In 1996, who was born? Who was wow? (laughs) Who was the man behind the paint of the fake sting? Uh, Fake sting. This the one you said I probably would miss. Yes. Is it like a known wrestler? Is it just a? Depends on what wrestling you know, I guess. Because in some circles, yeah, he's a popular guy. I'll give you a hint. Okay. He went on to take this fake Sting gimmick over to Japan, and it was wildly popular. Same guy. I have no idea. His name is Jeff Farmer. I would have never got that in a million years. Hilarious. Jeff Farmer? Jeff Farmer. His name. Okay. Yep. Take your word for it. (laughs) Question number four out of six. Sting had four theme songs in WCW. One being his original music that sounded like the Ultimate Warriors in a way. (laughs) It did. Go back and listen to it. The second music was called Man Called Sting. His third was his Crow music after his transformation, but his fourth was a famous song by a famous 80s metal band. What's the song and who sang it? I know this and I am blanking on it. If Jared was on here, Jared would would get this in a heartbeat because it's one of Jared's favorite bands. I've heard this before. You heard it at All In. Twenty twenty two. Yeah. Twenty twenty three. Sorry. 
tell me why am I blanking? Give me the band and I'll give try to give you the song. The band yep. is Metallica. That should have been just a shot in the dark. Just half of wrestling themes were <laughs> Metallica. Um and another hint, yeah. if you listen to the MCWF on the Warzone brand, it's Sting's theme song. Yeah, but we haven't played that since last season. <laughs> no, we had it. No, on this season. It's his theme song this season. Yeah. It is Seek and Destroy by That's, Metallica. I'm gonna this is rough. This is rough. Number five. Which of Sting's gimmicks has he gone on record saying it was his favorite? Was it Surfer Sting, mm-hmm. Crow Sting, or Joker Sting? I feel like it's Joker Sting. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Sting has said Joker Sting was his favorite character. He's kind of splashed it in here and there. He has. From time to time. And it's very it's very fascinating when he does it. <laughs> I like it. Did a little bit in WWE too, which yeah. is which is really cool. All right, final sting question. Here we go. Who owns the trademark sting? Is it the wrestler? <laughs> or is it the rock musician? Who owns it? Oh man. It's a 50-50 shot. Clearly. I'm going to go with the musician. Really? It is Steve Borden, Sting the Wrestler. Really? Owns the trademark for Sting. Isn't that awesome? That's crazy. I would have thought it was the other way around. He's a smart guy. He's a very smart guy. He trademarked that thing first, and he allows Sting the Musician to use it. I don't know how all that works, but he... It is Sting the Wrestler. This guy right wow. here. What a show. Yeah. Shows what? how much I know about WCW. <laughs> well, I tried to, I tried to make it a little easy, but it's all right. I'll teach you. I'll teach you. We'll worry. have a I'll Ring of you. Honor episode. In oh, my Lord. Okay. With that being said, we hope that you enjoyed this edition of Squared Circle Radio. Tune in each and every Tuesday and Thursday wherever you find your podcast. Make sure that you like, subscribe, download, follow all those things, and of course on our YouTube channel. Coming up next week, as we talked about earlier, AEW Revolution recap. We'll catch you up on everything Road to WrestleMania related. Don't forget Thursday is week five of the MCWF. We're coming off of Last Saturday's pay-per-view for month one. And, Andy, we always say it. Fallouts and go-homes are our favorite shows to book. So these listeners are in store for a good one week five. They are. They are. Week five is a uh, a lot of fun. We are officially in our first ever five-week build. Oh, yeah. Which is very different (laughs) than what we're used to. So it's it's, uh, taking some time to get used to. But we're, we're we're on the road to our second Pay-per-view of season three, and it's going to be a lot of fun. If you haven't checked it out yet, MCWF is our fantasy booking show. We fantasy book current rosters. Um, So check us out on that. It's a whole lot of fun. Our buddy Tyler Peters helps host that with us. Follow us on social media at SQCircle underscore radio. I am at Chris Belcher 24. Andy is at Andy underscore SQR 
Yeah. yeah. Um, we post match graphics for MCWF, and obviously we post all kinds of stuff too. So check us out on there. And also, who could forget Sportswire Radio? Make sure that you check us out on there. Sportswire with a Z. Check that out. Follow Tom at Thomas Bryce 2017. Andy, anything else to add, man? Not really. Just looking forward to uh, to Revolution and Sting's last match and going to be a lot of fun might be live tweeting during it not really sure i've got family coming in town this weekend so i'm not sure how much i'll be able to catch live but i'll, I'll definitely have my finger on the pulse as it's happening of course you will andy will i will not <laughs> i'll keep chris updated but andy happening. will keep me updated we'll talk about it next tuesday jared will be back andy will be back it'll be another loaded show make sure you're subscribed come back and join us for andy york my name is chris Belcher. this has been squared sucker radio we'll catch you guys down the road.